Hey y'all, welcome back to AP Sports Theory, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything that I want to because it's mine. Ha! Alright, so, today's episode is going to be a relatively short one, perfect for your morning commute or breakfast or the bus ride or whatever you want to do with your life because I don't know, whatever. Anyways, here's what's on tap for today. We are going to start with a Super Bowl recap, recapping the Rams victory over the um, Bengals. Oh my goodness, it's late at night, y'all. Then we're going to discuss the Sixers-Celtics game that happened 10 minutes ago, purely because I have to prove that I'm not biased so t- completely towards the Sixers, and it, oh my gosh, it hurts me. And then I'm going to talk about James Harden and show that I am biased about the Sixers, and then we're going to end with new segment, NBA in 5 Minutes. Alright, welcome back to AP Sports Theory. <laughs> Hi, I'm back. While y'all were listening to the lovely theme song I got going, I went and got the chocolate chip cookies I made in the kitchen. Alright, Super Bowl 56. Rams beat the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20. to My prediction was Bengals win by two on an Evan McPherson field goal, and then Aaron Donald decided that he wanted to tear apart Joe Burrow, which he did, and debatably should have gone... Super Bowl MVP for his two sacks, court, like seven different quarterback pressures, and a t- and a tackle, and almost the game ceiling sack that Sean McVay called. Sean McVay had a terrible game plan. Zach Taylor did the most he could. Joe Burrow did everything he could, but he never got the ball. Jalen Ramsey sucked. Got a face mask though that it wasn't called. Ridiculous. Um, Matt Stafford had one good drive. Cooper Cup is the best player. He's the best, best offensive player in the NFL after after the game. Yeah. Those are my bullet points. I wasn't even reading. I was just talking. All right. So, the Cooper Cup got the triple crown, which means he led the NFL in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns, which doesn't happen often. Um... It's just a very rare thing. And then he won Offensive Player of the Year. And then he won Super Bowl MVP after not almost a 100-yard performance and two touchdowns. One of them, the game sealer. And the game sealing pass from Matt Stafford. So he... Which, is, by the way, he's the only Super Bowl MVP to ever have a 32.9 passer rating. or I believe that was the number. Because of his one terrible throw to Matt Stafford. But he is tied. He's the second player, wide receiver, ever to win the Triple Crown and Super Bowl MVP. Number one, you have five seconds to guess. Five, four. All right, did he get it? No, probably not. It was Jerry Rice. So Cooper Cup and Jerry Rice are the only people who have ever done Triple Crown, Super Bowl MVP. Cooper Cup has had a historical Hall of Fame season one of the best statistical seasons ever as a wide receiver. And he should have won MVP, in my personal opinion. Aaron Rodgers did because it's a quarterback's award and they should just call it best quarterback if that's what they're going to do. That annoys me. All right, so that was Cooper Cup. Stafford, is he going to be in the Hall of Fame because of his years of statistical dominance and now a Super Bowl? I say no. 
I think he needs five to six more years of relatively good play and maybe another Super Bowl until he is in the Hall of Fame because they can't just let everybody into the Hall of Fame. I was listening to a podcast today and they were talking about how around four to five quarterbacks from each generation, each decade, make it to the Hall of Fame. So is Stafford going to be one of those four to five quarterbacks from this 2020s decade? It's a possibility. He's had a great statistical career, came into the league at a great time, but he sucked on the Lions for a while. And if he can pull together two to three more winning seasons with the Rams, make it to, make it to the NBC Championship at the divisional round, I think maybe. We just have to see him carry this team instead of being carried by Cup and Donald like he was last few games. Although that last drive was all Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. The no-look pass is just beautiful. Final point on the Super Bowl. Can the Bengals come back? My answer, yes, absolutely. They have one of, if not the best, quarterback-wide receiver tandems in the NFL. A running back who's only going to get better. A defense who overperformed this season. And I believe they could do it again, especially if they keep Bates and Hendrickson and just run it back and do it, do a good job. That defense is really talented. Bates got a good pick on Stafford early on in the Super Bowl. The issue is the O-line. Seven sacks in the Super Bowl, most sacks ever in the regular season, most sacks ever in the ever for a Super Bowl team have they let up. They need to just revamp the entire O-line, fix it up like the Chiefs did after their Super Bowl win. They could do it. I think they could. My prediction next year is they're going to lose in the second round of the playoffs, but I think they could run it back to the Super Bowl. All right, we are going to take a quick break, and then we will be right back to talk about the Sixers Celtics recap and James Harden. All right, we're back. So, the Sixers just got beaten by... What was the number? 48? 48. As the Celtics extend their win streak to 9 and set a franchise record for 3 points made with 25 when they came into the Wells Fargo Center and babied us. The Celtics absolutely destroyed the 76ers and we looked horrendous. After the first quarter, it seemed like all life came out of our team. And the only good play at, at all tonight was Shake's behind-the-back pass to Paul Reed for a dunk and Joel's dunk over Grant Williams. And it was just gross to see the Sixers roll over and die to a team that we've had their number for years. Ever since the Jason Tatum, Jason Jalen Brown era, Sixers have had the Celtics number, and it wasn't really an issue until this season. And I don't entirely understand what happened, but it was horrific. They just, they hit every single shot they took. Jalen Brown was incredible. And he looked like he has that all-star, the same same all-star snub glare that Bradley Beal had after last season. Although Jared Allen got it over him. I believe Jared Allen's more deserving than Jalen Brown. But it begs the question, should Chris Middleton have made it over Jalen Brown? I say no, I don't believe Chris Middleton is an all-star. And Jalen Brown, just, oh my gosh, he was fantastic tonight against the Sixers. So, we looked like garbage, and we need to pick up size. Millsap played garbage 10 minutes, and that was it. The Sixers looked like trash, but we need to pick up size in the buyout market. I want to get 
Robin Lopez if he's available. And his freedom is a maybe, but I don't think he'll play anytime soon if we do get him. Um, Tyreek Evans is available, but we don't need another combo guard that's not going to play any minutes for us. Like Jaden Springer, who we drafted and hasn't played at all this season. Or if he has, it's been limited. We need James. James, watching tonight, the way the Celtics double-teamed Embiid, their defense was swarming and it was effective and it was incredible. So much fun to watch. Well, okay. It was beautiful, and it was art, but it was not fun to watch as a Sixer fan. Now, James, we need him. We need him to help create, and we need him to get the ball away from Embiid because nobody else is a threat right now. Tobias was off all night. Embiid was off all night. Getting James to help run that two-man game with Embiid. We're missing Seth. Oh, my gosh, it was terrible. I keep interrupting my own thoughts. But we need James Harden. After we trade away... After we traded away Seth and Drummond, we need James to come in and create for us and do something about this. Because he, he, I think he's going to play a big role in this team. And that leads me right into my next topic is talking myself into James Harden. Over the past 48-ish hours, I have completely gotten on board with the James Harden thing coming to Philly. I wasn't entirely ready for it. I wrote two articles on the Sixer Sense. You can go read them. Uh, the link is at my website, apsportstheory.com. You just go there and you can check out both of my articles. And so my first article was the pros and cons of James Harden coming to Philly. So far, all the cons have seemed non-existent. James Harden, my four cons, I believe, were what James Harden are we getting? How is he going to fit with Joel? Locker room. And is this going to take away opportunities from somebody else? So we traded away Seth. So that frees up opportunities immediately. And... The three things I noticed most from the film that I watched of the Sixers practice and the Twitter and the pictures I saw was James looking slim, smiling, sweating through his shirt, looking fantastic. And I just got the notification. Giannis just put up 50-14 rebounds. Oh my goodness, he was incredible tonight. Good for him. 50 points, 14 rebounds on 17 for 21 shooting. Fantastic night for Giannis, but back to James Harden. I've talked myself into him. He has looked phenomenal in everything. I watched his entire press conference today. Poor Paul Millsap just sat there because he was always he's been an afterthought in this entire deal. Similar to Andre Drummond, I haven't heard his name mentioned much, if if at all, by the national media in this trade. Even though he's had multiple twenty rebound games for the Sixers, and he's been really really good for us this year. <sighs> this is our year. We got it. After tonight, I don't feel as confident, but James is going to bring something new to this team, and I'm very, I'm looking forward to it. All right, I'm going to take one more break to get a word in from our sponsor, Anchor, and then we're going to come back and do the NBA in five minutes. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer, which I'm doing right now. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, it's totally free. I'm broke. I use Anchor all the time. I'm using it right now. It's amazing. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. 
Alright, here we go. The NBA in five minutes. I'm going to start the timer now. Okay, so Sixers just lost to the Celtics, which actually has big implications on the standing standings. The Sixers have been phenomenal of late, but so have the Celts. And the new standings are Miami 1, Chicago 2, Milwaukee 3, Cleveland 4, Philly 5, Boston 6, Toronto 7. So, what's strange is Milwaukee, before the Sixers game tonight, was 5. Cleveland and Philly, I believe, both lost tonight. Yep, Cleveland and Philly both lost tonight, and the Bucks won, moving the Bucks up to 3, which shows you how tight this East race is, which I brought up last week. But the Bucks moved up 2 spots in 1 night. Miami and Chicago have been 1-2, and two, and the, at the moment, their records are perfectly tied, which is incredible. And I would love to see a game between those two teams fully healthy. Boston is one game behind Philly, exactly. And then on Thursday, this is a big one, Philly plays Milwaukee. So that's going to decide who, where the standings are at going into the All-Star break, which, man, I'm excited for. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Toronto is two, is a half game and a half behind Boston, and Brooklyn is game and a half behind them. So those are the top eight in the East. After that, it is Charlotte, Atlanta, and then the Tankers. The West. Phoenix is locked in on that first seed. They're five games ahead of Golden State, who is clearly in second, with Memphis behind them. Utah is way behind Memphis, so it's the exact same big three as before, but Utah is currently on a six-game win streak, even though there are rumblings about what's happening between uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Donovan Mitchell just went on Chris Haynes' podcast to talk about what's going on between them and if there's anything going on between them. I haven't checked it. But I haven't heard anything crazy or blasphemous, which means he did not say much in the way of controversy. Brooklyn just won their first game after losing 11, thanks to Seth Curry, former Philadelphia 76er. And we have 2 minutes and 30 seconds left. Here's what's happening. Tyrese Halliburton is now on the Kings, and he's going to be there for a while. And he's Or no, he's on the Pistons after... The Kings traded him in a move that stunned everybody, and it was really stupid, and I feel like that GM just wants to get fired. It doesn't make any sense. The Pelicans are trying to make a push for the 10 seed in the West, which and they are currently one game behind the Trailblazers, who are three games behind the Lakers. And the Lakers are in 9, and the Blazers are in 10. So, Pelicans are going all in on the 10th seed. Go them. Oh, and the Kings are too. Kings are going all in on the 10th seed, even though they're two and a half games behind it. And they have to move, get through San Antonio and New Orleans first. And they traded DeMontis Saponis. Doesn't make any sense. Just under two minutes left to go in the NBA in five minutes. Now, let's talk about All-Star Weekend. There are a few games going into it. And there's going to be one on Thursday night between the Sixers and, Sixers and the Bucks, And that is going to be nationally televised on TNT at... 8.30 p.m. Heat and Hornets play, Nets, Wizards, Mavs, Pels, and Rockets, Clippers. So Heat and Hornets, Bucks, Sixers, Thursday night. That's Those are both good ones. Wednesday night, there is a slew of games. Not many crazy ones. Jazz Lakers are is at 10. Um, Raptors, Timberwolves is at 8. That should be fun. And Celtics take on the Pistons in number 2 of their back-to-back, and they're looking to extend their win streak to 9. 
and the net the New York New York game Nets Knicks at 7:30 on ESPN. So there are not many good games on Wednesday, but Thursday we got two East powerhouse matchups: Sixers Bucks, Heat Hornets. And in the 50 seconds I have left, all right. This weekend there are four main events ish. We have the All Star Game, big one. Team Durant versus Team LeBron. That's the big game. Everybody wants to be in it. We have the Skills Showdown competition, which is three teams of three. The Antetokounmpo brothers. The Cleveland Cavaliers. And I'm forgetting the last one. While I look that up, there's also the Rising Stars Challenge, which is going to be four teams of seven, or I believe... Oh, and the last team is the Rookies. So the Anadokubos, the Cavaliers, and the Rookies for the Skills Challenge. And that is Saturday at 8 p.m. There's the Dunk Contest, the Three-Point Competition, and the Rising Stars. I'm really looking forward to the Rising Stars, and that is the buzzer. <sighs> well, that was the NBA in five minutes. Anyways, pay attention this weekend. We're going to have a bunch of good festivities with the All-Star Weekend. Rising Stars is going to be fun. It's going to be new. Skills Challenge is going to be new and updated. Watch out for Thursday night to see how those East standings shaken up. All right, I'll be back next week. Thank you. Have a good one.